1: Hey guys, this is Mike Madano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sarcastic Remarks studios, along with James to my left and Christian to my right. My name is Ryan, and this is like the 14th episode. I keep forgetting the number. Uh, I change it every time we do one of the little thumbnails, but I still forget it. But anyways, this is episode 14 of the off season, and we are getting really excited because it's getting closer and closer and closer. We got some things to talk about here for y'all tonight. We're going to talk a little bit Jim Nill, we're going to talk a little Mason Marchant, we're going to talk a little Pete DeBoer, and we're also going to talk a little other hockey players who have moved on and who we think is going to be better this year that you know didn't have a very good season, and who may fall off by the wayside, so... We'll talk about that a little bit as well, and we have a perfect who cares segment for this e- for this evening, so we'll get into that too, I'm sure. And I, I, you can tell I'm being sarcastic right now. We have we have no idea what we're doing. We we, we just we just clicked the button and said, "Let's go." So, anyways, James, Chris, how are y'all doing? You doing okay? I'm great.
0: You know, if you count episodes, and if we include this episode, we are five episodes away. From Puck Drop for game one. Mm. Isn't that great? Really?
2: Mm. Five episodes. We'll, we'll finally have something to talk about other than whatever we think of. We'll <laughs> yeah, actually be starting. Training camp is
0: starting much sooner, and that'll give us some real stuff to talk about. Um, but in other non-hockey news, I think, I think I had the worst sports weekend I've ever had <laughs> yeah. in my entire life.
1: Yeah. So w- w- where do we want to start, though, first? We, we-, we can I just mean, go ahead and start about it. We'll start I- at a and seen. I have never, because... seen, I've never seen Texas A&M play that bad. Like, ever in my life, seen Texas A&M play that bad.
0: I-, I was at the Mississippi State game last year and at the Arkansas game last year. That team looked amazing compared to the team that we saw on Saturday. <laughs> that was truly unbelievable. Uh. I was, I'm dumbfounded. Um, and then the Cowboys look equally as terrible.
1: I mean, they, look, they, they do the worse. thing that
0: the Cowboys always do. Let's get down the field. All right, we're down the field. Now
1: let's stop. Score in the first possession <laughs> and then never score again.
0: Yeah. And then to top it all off, like it mattered, Dak Prescott breaks his hand again. I mean, we're, we're, he's due for one injury a season. I'm still baffled as to why we don't have a real backup quarterback. But whatever. Cooper well, well, rushes it, just, I guess.
1: Let's just see how he does. He, he he had that one game, was it last year or the year before, Next. that he did okay on? Last year. So let's just let let's give him the benefit of the doubt before we rush to conclusions, and then we'll see how it goes. I mean, it was getting as bad as people were joking about let's go sign Kaepernick now while we have still have an opportunity and I was like please no
0: but like (laughs) I just don't understand why you even start the season without a better backup whenever you have a guy who's got hurt every single year yeah Yeah. what's the what's the point I mean who's running this show Jerry Jones (laughs) (laughs) there's your answer all right let's let's talk about some happier sports news please this well, It was depends, one of the worst it, it depends
1: on what you consider happy sports news. Cause you could you could technically say that AM losing was very happy for very many people in the state of Texas. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he, that's all he's got because he knows it was that bad. I didn't even look at the uh I didn't even look at the rankings. Where are they at now? They're at twenty fourth.
0: This weekend though, hey, you can say what you can say what you want about AM. Yeah, they sucked last week. Terrible. The students came out in force and forced a tickle poll this week, despite losing probably the worst game we, that we've lost in five years. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a packed house at eight PM on Saturday, and it's gonna be the only top twenty five matchup in the nation. It's gonna be fun. Everyone's gonna be watching it and AM's gonna be back. Boom. Okay. One weekend so, gone. We're right back in it.
1: Well, let me get to this too cuz this bothered the heck out of me. All right. We, and I we have to talk about it, okay? The Texas-Alabama game. We have to talk about it, okay? Oh yeah. Texas should have won that game. They had multiple opportunities to win that game, whether it would be with a field goal or with a touchdown. They had multiple opportunities and they squandered yeah, it. Now, I would here's call where that. I wouldn't call it should have. I would have called that could have. They could have won okay. the game. They could have won but... the game. But the the fact is they had lots of opportunities. Let me, I again, I have not looked at the rankings. Is Alabama still number one? No, they're number two. Okay, that at least makes it a little bit better. But Georgia's you, been dominant. Yeah, I know. Georgia has looked scary. They're, I, they are number one, right? Yes. Because they destroyed their opponent. But... I was, I was thinking in the back of my head after I watched uh, the a game. I was just like, if Alabama does not go to number two, then this whole this whole system of ranking is just completely rigged. Because Alabama does not deserve to be number one after that game. I even would put him down to like three or four at that point, but that's me.
0: Okay. There just hasn't been any of good teams, but yeah, I somewhat yeah.
1: agree. Okay. Al- at least they're number two, though. At least they're number two. All right. Uh, well, what do we don't want to do first, guys? What, what, what do y'all think?
0: We can start with my thing. We're I'm gonna, gonna start- call this. We're gonna call this segment over or under. It's over. exactly what it is. So we're, I'm gonna give you the point totals for some players. We start with some stars players, then go to some 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 big name players who move throughout the league, and you're just gonna tell me are they gonna get more points or less points? They're gonna do better or worse? All right. Let's start with a tough one, in my opinion, from the stars, Joe Pavelski career year last year that is tough you got 27 goals 54 assists 81 points does he get more or less points next year
2: what do y'all think less i'm gonna go under i don't think i think what he did was crazy good and you you probably probably won't see that again next year i i'd highly doubt it yeah
0: i i I tend to agree with you james i think it's got to be under even even when we're going, we're going to talk about Pete Deboer and how he's changing it up on the system. But even with changing to a more offensive style, at, at his age, that just can't be sustainable, in my opinion. So, this the safe bet is an under for me. What do you think, Ryan?
1: Oh, dang this is. I don't want to say over, but I you can you can go even. Can, can I, yeah, can I go a little under?
0: Sure. We'll like, I, I, I still Wait, think what do you he think? makes. If you're gonna, if you're gonna make that distinction, how many
1: points under? Like maybe ten, maybe five to ten less points, and that's it. Um, he he has got the IQ of a freaking hockey god, and he's playing with two really good players. Well, hopefully two really good players because you know one's not signed yet. But uh, but I mean he he's the perfect addition to that line. He he doesn't have to be yep. fast. He knows where the other two are going to be. He knows where he has to be if he's going to get the puck. So and he's he's a great passer. And that's all he did this past season. He's got like what? 50 something assists you said? 54 assists. Right. And, and I, I mean I, that that's not a coincidence that uh Jason Robertson scored over 40 goals. So I, I if it's that's if <laughs> it's under, if it's under, it'll be 5 to 10 less and that's it. All right.
0: Fair enough. All right. On to Tyler Sagan, we think we'll all have the same answer for this one.
1: 24 (laughs) goals,
0: 25 assists, 49 points. I'm saying over, but I think we're all saying over, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, how much much over? How many points higher is he going to get? Is it going to be goals? Is it going to be assists? What do you all think?
2: This is my kind of like crazy take, I think, from the offseason. I really think that Tyler Sagan is going to be like way, way over what he did this season. Like I want, I give me a ballpark. So points wise, he's, I feel like he should be in the 80 point range, 70, 80 point range. Right. And I'm hoping, okay. I'm hoping for at least 30, 30, 35 of those goals. I really think he can make it back up there. He, he, he really has been the past couple of seasons just plagued with recovering from that really bad surgery. And he he looked really good in the closing parts of that season of, of last season. So I'm going to go with way over. We'll see. What do you think, Ryan? How many over?
1: Um, I'm not as bullish as James is, but it is definitely over. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to say. I mean, I think it's going to be like thirty to thirty-five goals, thirty to thirty-five assists. So I, I guess that's in the sixty to seventy-point range. So just a, a little under what you were saying, James. But it's definitely over. It has to be over. It, it only makes sense. I'm thinking he's somewhere
0: sixty-five to seventy-five is where I'm thinking. I think he has a lot, a lot more goals, and I think he'll have he'll he'll get a lot more assists if he's if he's actually playing with Marchment the way that we think he's going to. So. There's Tyler Sagan. Let's get the antithesis. Jamie Ben. How many is Jamie Ben going over or under? under? Under. I just don't see it.
2: Under. Wow. I, so Tyler really, Sagan's
0: going to get better, and Jamie Ben's going to get
2: worse. Do you think they're on the same line then? Or you think I don't think lines? they're on the same line? I think that by the end of the season, I think we we see Sagan and Ben on different lines. Like I I just Ben is a great player, but he does, he's not scoring the same way that. Sagan was at the end of the season. End of the season, Sagan was starting to get more into places where he could score more, and and Ben just kind of stayed the same throughout the season. He's still gonna get in front like he always does, and he's gonna get those scrappy goals, but it's not gonna be at the same pace as top two lines. I'd say.
0: Yeah, I That's think he super logical. Yeah, I think he doesn't look as dangerous. Um, so I'm gonna, uh, mm, I'm gonna say he stays. <laughs> right. Even. I don't think he goes yeah. that far under. Um, no. No, I'm taking it back. He's gonna go under because I think what's gonna happen is we're gonna start the season with Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, and Mason Marchment. And I think as it goes on, it's gonna be Sagan, Marchment, and then one of our prospect guys on the second line. That's gonna be my hot take. Is that one of them's gonna take here. a se- yeah? One of the three is gonna take a spot up there, and Jamie Ben's gonna be a third line center, and that's gonna be like our grinder line. So and you're he's saying like have a good scoring potential.
2: So you're saying that's for the second line, right?
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think Jamie Benn goes down to the third line and that's what causes his points to go lower. I think he's looking at 35 to 45.
1: Uh what was his stats this year, Chris? Do you have it in front this of you?
0: This year at 18 goals, 28 assists, 46 points.
1: I'll say over. You, Jamie Benn is better know, than 18. Good. Jamie <laughs> Jamie Ben is better than 18 goals. He he, he can hit 20 goals. Now, it's not going to be 28. It'll be somewhere in the 20 to 25 range. But he's got to be. He's better than that. And and, and I know that we look at him and he's like, oh, he's old. You know, he's all this stuff. The guy is only 33. There are still guys in this league, a.k.a. Joe Pavelski on the same team, that are still scoring in bunches and not like, you know, elite-level players. Like, I wouldn't consider Joe Pavelski like an elite-level player. He's a very, very good player. Yeah. but he's like, not an elite level player like a Alex Ovechkin or a, you know, Connor yeah. McDavid or you're Sidney not elite Crosby until you're over
0: like 90 points probably. So he's close, I think, but
1: right. But like, I, I don't, he, he, he's gotta be, he's gotta be better than that. And I'll be bullish on him. He's going to go over it. Just the eye test. He
0: looks, if you watch Jamie Ben and Joe Pavelski right next to each other, Jamie Ben looks older, in my opinion, like, Like James was saying, he just doesn't look dangerous the way Sagan does. Like, Sagan is is still showing signs of, like, scoring potential. And he's hit a a bunch of iron last year. I don't feel like James Ben did that.
2: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of between comparing Ben and Pavelski is they, they they play very differently. Pavelski has always played in front of the net where he's tipping, he's passing, he's feeding people. Ben is normally trying to fight in front of the net to get the goals. So it's 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 a slightly different play style, and it's it's going to be a little harder because Pavelski tends to work around other players, and Ben is like yeah. the brute force. I want to break through the other players. Yeah, so it's
0: more finesse versus the power forward. You're definitely yeah. right about that, James. And, and we've seen either even old players who used to be power forwards, Ovechkin. He used to be the exact same way as Jamie, and he changed. He became office chair Ovechkin, and he just sits on top of the circle and takes <laughs> slap shots. I
1: that, mean, that, is, that is such a good analogy. <laughs>
0: that's really what he does. He just sits on the best is. thing ever. He had to change his, and, his play and, style, and he And you
1: still perfectly. can't do anything to stop it. Exactly. You still can't do anything to stop like, it. if you think about early in his career,
0: that's not what you thought of when you thought of Alex Ovechkin. Oh, you thought of him definitely. making crazy breakaways, scoring from his back, making big hits for a forward, and he's just totally changed that. So I feel like Jamie Benn has been trying to find a way to change, and he just hasn't really found it the same way Ovi has. All right. Yeah. Another one that I think is an obvious one, but I'm going to ask how many or how much over is Miro in? Shocking point totals. Five goals in the entire season and That's 31 for assists. for Miro. 36 points for Miro Haskinen. 10 lower than Jamie Benn. Over by how much?
2: I'm I'm gonna put a condition on mine. So I think if, if he plays <laughs> if he plays on his on his strong side, he'll be way over. He'll and I feel like he could he could easily break into the high 50 50s in point totals. Like that's where I feel like we kinda should see him is in the 50 range. But if, if he's played on his weak side again and he's still having to more cover for his defensive partner than being able to go and attack. Then I I feel like we probably won't see him stray far from that 36 points. Ryan.
1: Uh, Again, Miro is better than five goals. He's got to, he's he's (laughs) got to get to double digits and for us to be successful, he's got to get to double digits. He's got to 20 uh, in my opinion. I don't think he's gonna get to twenty. I think he is gonna get to fifteen plus, fifteen to twenty. Um, and I think his assist total will be around the same, so like thirty to four, thirty to forty, something like that. So I guess fifty-ish points, fifty to sixty points, I guess is what I'm thinking. Yeah, so I'm I guess over. He's,
0: I'm thinking he's doubling his point total. I think he's getting sixty to seventy points next year. He's got to have twenty goals and a crap ton of assists. I also think that he's gonna lead the league in time on ice next season is my is my second hot take already of the evening. Miro Heiskanen, league leader in average time on ice and 70 would, points and a Norris trophy winner. Boom.
1: That would make some sense uh when, you know time on ice wise cuz the the Stars defense is weaker than it was last year. We it's know older. that. It's <laughs> it, I mean it's about the same cuz you 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 Lee, you you know Klingberg leaves you bring in Colin Miller they're about the same age. Uh well, but
0: I'm talking just one of your top three guys is Ryan Suter, who's a grandpa. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, he, one of these seasons, he's going to yeah, fall off
2: on time on ice, and I think and, it's going to be this season. And Ryan Especially Suter was our goal best last year. goal-scoring defenseman last season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Suter was our top point producer on the on the blue line. Not point producer. Goal-scorer. Goal scorer. My goal bad. Scorer.
1: Yeah. My bad. How many Big goals do you at? have? Eight? Do you have eight? You
0: I don't, I don't have that down. It wasn't
1: a lot. <laughs> it, it wasn't it double digits. Take. I know yeah. that. Yeah. It was All like right. eight, nine, or
0: nine. Final interesting one for the Stars, who is recently a star, Mason Marchment. He got 18 goals, 29 assists, 47 points total. That's only in 54 games, as a reminder, and with an average time on ice of 14 minutes per game with Florida. Is he getting over or under? Forty-seven points with the stars.
2: Okay, so if we're if we're like averaging this out, and he plays a full eighty-two games, right? He's at he's sitting at like seventy points, right? No, like Uh,
1: not that much. Like sixty, maybe sixty-three. Yeah, something like that. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm. I'm just saying
0: I'm just saying forty-seven. Is he going over forty-seven or not?
2: Oh, over forty-seven. He's going to be over forty-seven. Yes, I think. But like. In terms of like performance-wise, he'll probably be a little bit under what, what we saw over in Florida. I mean, that team is just so so much offense all the time. They don't think about anything else. They're constantly jumping up on the rush. And we're going to see that more in DeBoer's system, I feel like. But it's not going to be to that same degree. No. But, I, I mean, I expect him to hit probably the 50-point range.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking he's going to stay ar- around the same as what he's at right now. I'm expecting 45 to 50 points from him, and that's in a full season with more time on ice and playing on the second line. I think he's still going
1: to be around that same that same number. I, I think it's going to be even. Honestly, I agree with you. It, yeah, he's he's going to be in a system that is not as offensively heavy as it was in Florida, but I still think he's going to get a chance to play with uh, Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan's going to be better and he's also going to play more games. So he's he's not just going to play 54. If he, you know, you know, hopefully he doesn't get injured or anything like that, but uh if he plays a full, you know, full season, you know, 78 to 82 games, I think he will eclipse that. So I'm I'm right there with you, Chris. 50 to 55 points I'd be happy with. But I'd even be happy with 40 with with him to be honest with you cuz he he's a middle six guy.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like he, we're calling on him to be a top 6 guy because yeah. with the money he's getting paid it definitely seems the, like that. The money he's it? getting paid and it's just the potential. So last year's his biggest season of his career. I mean, he was on a two-way contract. This is his first one, one-way contract and he's being called on to be a, a top top 6 guy and he'll be playing a lot more for the first time in his career really. So it, it, the reason he's got paid so much more is because of the potential there. Um, the thing is, he's not like super young. How old is he, James? I think he's like twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. He's
2: twenty-seven.
0: Yeah. yeah that's, twenty-seven. That's so, like good memory, Chris. <laughs> thank you. So he's not like he's not like a prospect, but like he still has a bunch of potential because he hasn't played as
1: much. So he's in his yeah, prime. He's in his prime yeah, of his career. It's weird.
0: Yeah, but if you're in your prime, like, are you getting better? I don't. I don't know. You 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 can't. No, no. You are getting better. I think twenty seven is your peak. Like that's when you're at the top of your game. Is what you expect. Well, and then we have Joe Pavelski. Whatever. This is all just.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My point was trying to make sense of it, and Joe Pavelski is always the one that ruins everything. (laughs) Joe Pavelski is always. Dang it, Joe!
0: (laughs) My my point with all of that rambling is Mason Marchment is the biggest question mark in the forward group for the Stars we're not exactly sure what we're going to get from him. We're hoping a a lot and that he takes a step after the biggest season of his career. But even if not, I think we'll be okay with that. All right. We're, We're taking a little bit too long. So these last, we have to be quick. First, we're going Johnny Gaudreau. Hard to have a better season than he had last year. 40 goals, 75 assists, 115 points. He's going to Columbus and he's leaving from playing on the best line in hockey, it's got to be under in my opinion. I think he has barely 100 points next season. Agreed. It, it
1: Agreed. doesn't make sense for him to... I don't even think he eclipsed 100 points. Now, yeah, is there I'm a possibility? 95 200 Is there a possibility? Yes. Mostly because... Uh, and there's one player that that kind of scares me in making this prediction, but it's Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine is a... I mean, he is a very gifted goal scorer. If somehow they immediately have chemistry and they look super scary, then maybe they both eclipse a hundred points. We'll see, but um, we'll just have to see how the chemistry is between those two guys. All right. James
0: shook his head. He agrees. Yeah. I (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Next, next one. Same guy from the exact same line. Matthew Kachuk, 42 goals, 62 point 62 assists, 104 points going to an even more offensive team, but leaving the best line in hockey. Ryan, over.
2: James says <laughs> over. Over. I, I think say he, over. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good in the new system. He, he's going to be playing with different people, but that might honestly help him more. Just from coming out of that line, you're trying to play with other people. Maybe he finds, finds that goal scorer again. I mean, there's still some great players over in the panther on the panthers it's like
0: i'm i'm going so lot. far over i think art ross finally has a third horse in the race it's mcdavid Dry Sidle, matthew kachuk i think kachuk can get as high as
1: 120 we'll see ryan why is he staying even he's going to the panthers <laughs> oh no I, I was doing this cuz i disagree with you i'm nixing y'all out i'm going under under wow under. i think what's going to happen is the chemistry that he had with those two guys in Calgary is going to be nowhere close to the same. And I think it's going to actually hurt the Panthers. He's in a brand new place. He's never played for any other team before other than the the Flames. And I think it's going to take, if he gets to that same level that he was at in Calgary, it's going to take some time. And there's no way he's going to be able to start it off right off the bat. So it's going to be under. I'm not saying he's going to score, like, 50 points. There's no way. He's going to score at least 80, in my opinion. But he's he's not going to eclipse what he did this past season. It's not happening. All right. Finally,
0: Jonathan Huberdeau, the replacement. 30 goals, 85 assists last season, 115 points. I I think he's got to go under. I mean... (laughs) going from panthers to this team that looks way different he's going under
2: what do you think james uh i'm gonna go under i think it's more because uh the flames brought in so many new people i mean their roster basically has completely changed over the off season definitely in the
1: top six for sure the
2: top six is this and that's scary yeah and and we it, their team still looks really really solid but it it really is going to come down to how well all those people mesh and how how long it takes them to mesh maybe they get it done in training camp and it doesn't even matter at the beginning of the season they play just like the flames of last season did but I just I don't see it happening. There's just so there's so many different people coming from different teams that have to click. It's gonna. I feel like that's gonna take a little bit more time.
1: Ryan, I'm not saying under, um, but I can't make up my mind if I want to say even or over, and and I'll tell you why, and uh, the reason has everything to do with the head coaching, and Calgary still has their same head coach. It's Daryl S- uh, Sutter. He's an excellent head coach. Um, the way they play the game is not going to change. Huberto is going to fit right into that because Goudreau is very similar to that in the way that they play. They're both dish masters, and uh, they like to pass the puck. And the reason why I said under with Matthew Kachuk is that they have a brand-new coach. So not only is Matthew Kachuk going into a new situation, but he's going into a new situation where everybody doesn't know the coach and doesn't really know the system very well. So, again, I could be proven completely wrong, but... I think uh Huberdeau is going to be even and i think if if i want to have a hot take for this i think elias lindholm is going to be a, a member of the 50 gold club this year wow. because huberdo is going to be passing him the puck that that much and he's going to be able to get there
0: three hot takes already all right segment over <laughs> over unders thank you we're looking for sponsors for this segment moving on Brian, what's
1: next? <laughs> Hey guys, this is Brian here. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want even more action? everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. (laughs) Hey, guys. Ryan, once again. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Owl City, they have a new album coming out very soon and it's been great because I've been listening to their stuff again, I'm getting really excited for their new album. But one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me on that. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get the quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that Raycons' everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. But what I love about these Raycon earbuds even more is the additional features that it comes with, including three customizable sound profiles, earbud, tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. I love the noise isolation because when I want to listen to my music, I don't want to hear anything else. So I'm glad that that is an, an additional feature in this earbud. But I also really like listening to some of the customizable sound profiles. So for example, one of the profiles I use is I use the bass sound because it really is great for songs with a strong beat, and now City has a lot of songs that have a strong beat. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. We're going to talk about Mason Marchman a little bit, you guys. And we kind of talked about him a little bit. Um, We are really excited to see how he does in a Dallas Stars uniform. Um. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because Mike Heike had a article that he wrote for DallasStars.com, and I don't know why he he called it this. He called it Money Mace. But uh, the question was, is where does New Edition Marchment fit with the stars? So I, th- I thought it was really interesting that we go over this article and just kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, th- the first thing that I absolutely love about this guy is how big he is. He's 6'4", 209 pounds. So if there's anybody that... I think would help Jamie Ben and would be a really good line mate with Jamie Ben, it would be Mason Marchment because they play very similar styles. I can, I can see Mason Marchment as a power forward, What what would y'all like to see from Mason Marchment? Do you see him on a third line with Jamie Ben? Do you see him on a second line with Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan? What What do y'all think?
0: The, the What I was talking about with the second line earlier, I, I really think he's like, this is kind of sacrilegious, but I feel like he's kind of replacement Jamie Ben. Like he's just the refresh (laughs) (laughs) the remix. Yeah. So I think he's going to fill the role that Jamie played whenever Sagan and Ben were really cooking. And he, I just, I just don't think, I think two power fours on one line is a little weird for today's NHL. I don't, I don't buy that. Um, and I think he's just a better player right now than Ben is too. So
2: yeah, there, there, there was something that I kind of wanted to mention when Chris mentioned the second line being Sagan, Marchand, and then maybe a prospect. It's like, honestly, I feel like, like we could end up with another situation with like last year where we basically just have first line and then the second and third line, and then those people. You know,
0: <laughs> but, honestly, that's. The most likely, in my opinion, still. I mean, yeah. when your first line is that much better than the rest of your team was last year, that's still the most likely thing to happen. I mean, we and only added one guy to try and fix that, honestly.
1: Yeah, and what we Let's would like it to... Objectively. S- what we would like to see is more balanced scoring from all three lines, like we saw with Minnesota no. this past year and with St. Louis. I would no, like to see I, more balance. I scoring. want to see
0: the first line score the same amount of goals, and I want the other lines to try and get close.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what I'm saying is more balance between like the second and third line scoring more is what I mean.
0: When someone says they want more balance, the thing I fear is that they're just going to break up the first line because that's that's what it feels like always happens whenever
2: someone says, "Oh, we need, just need more balance," and that is the wrong thing, in my opinion. Honestly, I feel like this season there's we kind of have like a dark horse player on our team. We have Dennis Gurionov on his one year contract. Okay, dark horse. This is it, it, he is a dark horse because he's been he's been so bad over the past Stop. couple of seasons with with bonus, right? He's been he, he's not scored the points that he's gotten, but now now he's finally. He's, he's going to get his last chance, right? So he's like, he's he's closing out. If this year he sucks again, then he's probably off the team, right? So, okay. but I feel like with him being in a new system with DeBoer and having just a new coach in general, I feel like he could really, he, he could have a really good season this year.
0: And do you put Marchman in that same kind of category? I put... Not really redemption, but
2: just stepping up? He should he should step up. I mean, Marchman obviously he. In my opinion, I don't think he's he's probably more of a middle six forward. I really think that he is going. He's still going to have to fight for a second line position. In my opinion, I agree one
1: hundred percent.
2: I feel like the only person in my mind who who should be solid on that second line is going to be Tyler Sagan.
1: I they're all like they're, they're, That's what all the auditions are for. With all of these yeah. players, you've got, you got If you've got Peterson, you've got the big three prospects. You've got Marchman. You've got, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm thinking, i Damiani. Damiani. I mean, you you could add Delandria in there even possibly because Delandria had a decent season in the AHL. So, I mean, the, any combination of guys that would work with Sagan. That's what they're auditioning for at training camp next week.
2: Yeah. And, and and we really like finding wingers to play with Sagan is was probably one of the hardest things that we were trying to do last season. We couldn't find anyone to stick with that second line. And the only one who ended up staying there was Sagan. I mean, that's it. That second line. Sometimes Ben was on the third line. He, he was swapped out and really Sagan was the only one that stayed on that second line
1: all year long. So, personally I would like to see a line of Marchment, Ben and Gary onoff I think that line would be scary scary to play against a third line that could still score I really th- I really think that would be an excellent line who's scoring on your second line you
0: put two prospects on the second line
2: maybe <laughs> I want to see Peterson up there honestly
1: I do too mm. I, I I think he I think he deserves it and I think he has he's gonna have a breakout season Okay, well, anyway, getting back to uh, Marchment here. Uh, he does have four years uh, at a cap at a 4.5. He's actually making $6 million this year. So this is definitely like, hey, you're getting paid top six minutes here. Uh, we really need you to do it. Um, and then he has this paragraph that uh, Heike wrote. is It's, it's uh, the performance evaluation part of the article. Um, Marchment has... Had only one great year in the NHL, but he picked a wonderful time to have it. The Burley winger hit for 18 goals, 29 assists for the Panthers, and that led to oh, excuse me. a big free agent contract with the Stars. Marchman averaged just 14.07 in time on ice, but was able to be a player who created puck possession and helped his teammates. He earned rave reviews, and that's the reason for the big raise. So the, I guess the biggest question for me coming out of the performance evaluation out of this is... If he does get that opportunity to be on the second line with Sagan, his time on ice is going to go up. With those extra minutes, is he going to be as effective as he was for the Panthers with yeah. the limited minutes that he got in Florida? I think that's kind of
0: what we were talking about in the over under too. I should have planned that out a little bit. That's my that's my fault. I'll take the blame for that.
1: But yeah, Chris, you. Um, suck.
0: I think he's going to get more ice time and then get on a less offensive team. And overall, that's just going to kind of balance out.
1: Even so, itself out. That,
0: that's why I went with even on the on our over under segment.
2: What do you think, James? I'm kind of just with y'all there, honestly.
1: <laughs> Nothing to add there. All right, James is so, a genius.
2: No. no, we're just on the same brave wa- wave brain wave links right brave now. Brave waves.
1: Brave wave. All right, so. And then uh, Heike also kind of talks about his expectations for 2022-2023. I'm just going to read one paragraph from this. This It's the big one. Um, On one hand, Marchmont has shown incredible potential, and the Stars are banking he will continue his development. So there's where we were talking about, you know, even though he's 27, you know, Heike is even mentioning, you know, that he could possibly develop. On the other hand, he had his best season on the best offensive team in the NHL, and that might have skewed his numbers. Uh, because of this contract, Marchment should get more opportunity in Dallas, potentially playing in the top six and getting power play time. He'll also be able to work with two coaches who he knows pretty well in Pete DeBoer and Steve spot. So I, I think that's and I think the biggest dark horse in that particular paragraph is how he's going to do on the power play. Because if there's anything that the Stars really need to get better at and that they need a lot of help in, it's mostly the power play. Because they're I mean, at times it was I was yelling at my TV in a in a three nothing game that the Stars were winning. That watching the you know the power play legit do nothing. He goes in, they dump it in. Oh, there goes the puck. It's right back out. Nothing. That that that's all they would do with it. So, yeah. do do you think he, that Marchman's going to be effective on the power play, and maybe that's where he gets additional points?
0: I, I think he absolutely is going to be. I think he might even get first first-line power play, uh, just because it also talks about in the article how much of a possession player he is. Obviously, coming from Florida, that's what they're all about. And if he can be a guy who brings the puck across the blue line, we'll love that. I mean, that's what the Stars' biggest problem has always been in the power play, is just literally getting into the zone. Once they were in the zone, they were all right. Because if you look at the stats for our power play, we weren't terrible. Like (laughs) It was just so frustrating to watch because you – we yeah. would not it, get to the zone at all sometimes.
2: It was it was all season long. It felt like it felt like we would just knock it in, they'd knock it out and then we would get in there for like 5 seconds straight and then the puck would go in. It's like, okay, well that power play kind of sucked, but we scored. <laughs> that is what it felt like. That's and that's what it was like all season long.
1: Yeah, right. I I agree with you all 100% because you know, we we'd sit there and complain about the power play for like a minute and forty-five seconds and then yeah. oh there's Robo. Oh he oh, he threw it in the back of the net. Cool. Cool. All right. <laughs> and then it would, would make our <laughs> he would make our power play stats look really good, even though, you know, on the ice it really, really sucked. So but I, I think that's that's gonna be really big for him. I think that's gonna be really big for him is uh getting points on the on the power play. Now what I would also like to see him do is because he's so big and because he's so physical and he's he's demonstrative, he's huge. I would actually like to maybe even see him on uh, the penalty kill a little bit as well, just because of how big he is. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how that would work, but, you know, uh, maybe... I just-
2: I just don't think we need him there anyway, though. Honestly, yeah. I mean, we have we have we have Foxa, Denning, Ben plays a lot on the power on the penalty kill. Sagan fl- can play on the penalty kill. Hence plays on the penalty. Hintz kill. Hence is one
1: of the best two two way forwards yeah, on our I mean, team. I just
2: named like half of our forwards that already play on the penalty kill. So yeah, yeah but yeah, the the, on
1: the, kill. the point is though is that if if he can maybe take like Hence's spot and. Hence doesn't have to play, you know, on the penalty kill. He can that's just fair. focus on getting goals I, and stuff like that. I, I would feel like, like to see that. I feel I like, like he's
2: more right. likely to take Sagan's spot than he is hence.
1: Well, yeah, Hintz's, just so so and, like, either one. Yeah, yeah right. right. That's that's the point. Is like we want to be able to rely on players to come in and yeah. and do something like that. It, yes, everybody should be able to penalty kill. Everybody should be able to play on the power play. That's the way that it, you you should be able to do that. But it doesn't work that way, and if we allow other players and Marchman is not a top three guy, we have our top three guys. Those we want those guys to focus on getting us offensive points. And I mean, that's how we win the game. If Marchman can take away those responsibilities away from, especially Sagan, I think that would help a ton and that would allow Sagan to get more creative with the puck and allow him to do some other stuff.
0: That also depends on who's producing too. Like if Marchman comes out and he does take another step and he's, Point per game guy. I'm not putting him on the penalty kill,
1: <laughs> especially if so, we don't need him to. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, it, and that could totally change too. With who's hot, like if Marchman's hot and Sagan's not, Sagan's playing the penalty kill. If it flips at one point, Marchman can play penalty kill. That would work too. But I don't even know if this guy could play penalty kill. I've never seen it. I haven't watched him.
1: That was a great series. I, I don't. I don't think he actually has played a penalty kill in the past, like in the NHL. I'm sure he's played it, you know, in his career sometime, but. I don't believe that he's uh, actually played penalty kill in the NHL, but because he's so big, I, it just makes sense to me. The, it, it you know having size on the penalty kill helps. Block you can block yeah. shots more. Yep. Okay. Anyways, uh, we need to get into the other thing, right?
0: Yeah. Closing out this segment, though, I think we're excited about him because he's such a big question mark, and I think that's what we'll be looking at most. If one of our prospects doesn't get into the roster, he's going to be one of the top the top things we're looking at the first 10 games of the year. So keep an eye and, on it.
1: You know, let, let me say this too, because there have been some people who have been getting say on to Jim Nill. You know, they, they always complained about Jim Nill not going out there and taking risks and stuff like that with, with certain players and everything. Like, I would not see Ryan Suter as a risk. I, I, I did not agree with that. You knew what you were getting when you gave him the money. This is a huge risk. I mean, like, $4.5 million is a lot of money and a cap that's not going up for another two years, probably. So, give the man some credit. He's taking a risk. He is 100% taking a risk on this kid.
0: I'll give him credit if he, if it was the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right. what What's the next thing we need to talk about? I don't even remember.
1: All right. Uh, Saad Yousef, uh had a really interesting uh, article... In the athletic, Uh, it it mostly mostly focuses around uh, Pete DeBoer, obviously, and you know what Pete DeBoer will implement. What can we expect? Um, And we've talked about it a little bit, but there's a lot of interesting things uh, in this article. Um, one of the things that they originally start talking off about in the article is the relationships that uh, you know Bonus had with the players there. And it's a fair question to ask about Pete DeBoer because we know of his history with some of his goaltenders in the past. It seemed like that he would throw them under the bus. And, you know, he's come out and said, no, I've always had really good relationships with my goalies. It The media just spins it, you know. And, you know, maybe they do. But it, it it's still fair to look at the fact that one of the best things about Rick Bonus, and I think why he got the job in Winnipeg, is because he's such a big players' coach. I mean, you—you—he's he, a great guy. You, you can't—we—we we might have been, you know, throwing him under the bus, and we're like, oh, we don't like this, and we don't like this. But you could never once say that he was a bad guy, not once. He's—he's yeah. he's by far the opposite. So, and, and I mean, Winnipeg has a split in their locker room. It yeah. sounds like it I sounds mean, like there's factions in their locker room, and for, for- is Pete. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead James. Go ahead. For Winnipeg
2: specifically, I feel like they, literally, they they couldn't have hired a better coach. They really
1: couldn't have. That, that's who they need right now. If they didn't get Barry Trotz, I agree with you 100%. Like they need somebody like him. And uh, I, I guess the question for me to you guys about Pete DeBoer is, will Pete DeBoer be able to... I wouldn't say have the exact same relationships as bonus did with his players because I think that was a really special connection because of the 2020 bubble run, and that sort of thing. But do you think he can forge those relationships to make this team what it needs to be, and you know, in a timely manner? Yeah, I think
0: I think it'll, it's he's in an easier position on this team than he was with Vegas to do that, uh, and a couple reasons for that. The first thing. His big problems was with with goalies. There's not a question here. There is a number one goalie who is going to be the number one goalie for at least probably like six years, and that's Jay Gottinger. He's going to be our goaltender. He's going to be the number one. You're going to start him. Uh, The next thing is that there's an obvious first line. I mean, the Minutemen, that's it. I mean, they're going to be your best line. They're going to play the most minutes. There's no question there. The other thing is the leadership. The leadership on the team is set. I mean, Ben, Sagan, Pavelski, we know who the top guys are. If those guys buy into the coach's system, which if they're veterans and they're smart, then they will, then everyone else is just going to follow and hop on the train. So I think he's got a much easier situation in Dallas to get that done than he did in Vegas. But now you still need to do it because having people buy into what you're doing is like that's probably the biggest challenge that coaches face. But I think this is he's got the easiest way of doing it with his team.
2: I mean, that this also just from a like whole team kind of culture sp- perspective. It's like Dallas from Vegas. Vegas is is trying to win now constantly, and they're willing to trade out whoever they want, and if it makes them better. And and Dallas is kind of like the opposite but trying to go for the same thing. They want to win now, but they think they have all the pieces they already need. Everyone who's here is going to stay here. You're not you're not trading out anyone. You're, they're here. Find a way to, to make it work.
0: Much less cutthroat. Agree with that definitely. All what right, do you think
1: so- Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> and answered my own question. Um I think it's going to be really important because especially with the amount of young guys that he's going to be expecting to have on this team. And I guess you can sort of kind of throw hints in there, but he's he's starting to get to the point where he's not really a young guy anymore. But, I mean, Robertson, uh, Ottinger, that's going to be really important that he he forges a really good uh, connection with Ottinger. and uh, even more important, probably because Haskinen is the next uh, captain of this team, all of that's going to be super important. And I, I don't think you have to worry about the the older guys because the older guys have been other places and they've had other coaches. But these young guys, especially the the three I named from the 2017 draft, have never had another NHL coach other than Rick Bonus. So will they view him coming in as a step down just because he might not have the same relationship? That Rick Bonas had with those players. So I, I really think that that's that's the key link for him. And if I was him, that's really what I would be focusing on. Not necessarily Sagan and Ben. Yes, they're important. They're, you know, they're leaders in this team, Pavelski as well. But I'm looking at those young guys and and realizing these are the guys that are coming up now, and I have to forge a good relationship with them now because they had such good relationships with bonus.
0: I think the key to getting to those young guys though is making sure that your leaders are fully bought in and are getting on other people to get fully bought in too. So I mean, he doesn't have to build a relationship immediately immediately with those young players because they already have relationships with the older people on the team. Like that's, that's, fair. Go that's to a first good point. right now. That's a good point. And if they're bought into what the coach is doing, then everyone's still connected and you have time to build that relationship as the season goes on. You don't have to wait for that to come to fruition. You already have a, a way of it working.
1: Well, and this is actually straight from the article. This is just a portion of a uh, portion of a uh, paragraph, if I can think. Younger players don't know any different while older players have gotten used to things being a certain way. DeBoer does carry a stigma, fair or unfair, of having a different, more stern approach than his predecessor. So, I mean, I mean you know... Saad mentions it right there. I, I didn't even realize that that part was in the article, but it, it, and that's a good point as well, that older players may have gotten used to things uh, th- like they were under Jim Montgomery and Rick Bonus. I, I mean, you could you could say that both of them were kind of the, very similar in the way they did things. So uh, we'll, we'll see how important those relationships he builds are uh, to the success of this team.
0: I, I think also the article also mentioned that they did like bonus as a person and everything, but there was definitely some questioning of his play style for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, you, you talked about Klingberg, you just straight out said it sometimes. He was like, I think we should carry the puck more. And that never happened, but that doesn't mean Klingberg ever just went and did it on his own and just ignored what bones was trying to do. So I think the relationship thing is important, but I think these players are also tired of playing that grind trap hockey from the 90s and they're ready to play the hockey that other teams are playing. So I think I think they're they're more excited to get a different system than they are upset that they have to change the way that they play. I think they're ready for for a change.
1: Speaking of that, let this is actually a perfect segue. This is like the last big point that I kind of wanted to talk about in this article actually, but Uh, There's two really good paragraphs in here that I really like. Um, And let me just read it to you and let me get your thoughts about it. But uh, as much energy as the Stars will spend offensively, they will be expected to carry that over to the other side as well. Tracking back is how DeBoer coaches his players to back check. Tracking back requires forwards and defensemen to be in sync and playing hard. A forward picking up the puck carrier means the defensemen must defend the circles and watch for cutters. If the defenseman takes the puck carrier, forwards have to hurry to the slot to prevent passes from two trailing players on the rush. So it, it what it's what it sounds like is that everybody does everything. It's not like, you know, the the defensemen are only supposed to be, you know, 90% of the time focusing on defense. It's everybody's all bought in to every aspect of the game. And if one person is doing taking over your job for a split second, your job is now to take over their job, what they normally should be doing. It sounds and like it, a it's modern just a revolving
0: door. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like the mm-hmm. NHL.
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, do y'all have any thoughts about that particular part?
2: Nope, that's definitely I how feel...
0: he's coached. On, he's how he's coached it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, James.
2: And I feel like for some of these players that we have on our team, it's going to be very natural for them to do that. Like I feel like hence, that's one player where he basically already does game. that. Robertson. And Robertson. Robertson does that defensively. too. Yeah. Sagan does it too. And I think, I think it, it hurts it. Well, it's going to take some time for players like, like Garyanov and Peterson that's going to get some getting used to as well. And especially these, some of these new players, maybe not like some of the two way forward prospects that we're looking at, but some of these players who really just like to go up and rush and just go and, and get a rush chance and try to score on their own. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a learning curve to try to figure out how to 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 just seemingly move between position to position without having to really
1: think about it. All good thoughts, James. All good thoughts. Um, and this is an interesting question that uh, the Brook on uh, YouTube is actually pulling up. Hey, Brook, it's good to see you. Um, how will that affect Miro on defense?
0: It just makes him more aggressive. I mean, he, he's able think, to go after the guy with the puck and know that somebody's going to have his back. If he gets the puck real quick with his stick checks, like he's the best in the world at, then he can just immediately start going the other way. I mean, it's going to make him a lot better.
2: I think it, it helps Miro the same that, like, like it helps hence. Like, it, that it seems something that is so seam- seamless for him. Like, he, he can back check when he gets caught. It's it's like one of the coolest things that I liked watching Muro before we got like super defensive with him is he he can really like he can skate man he's he's a lot faster than we give him credit for he can keep and, up
1: with Connor McDavid we've seen it time after time after backwards. time and if you yeah. and if you can keep up <laughs> with Connor McDavid I mean the the you're wow. fast <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and and.
2: I just I just remember seeing him turning around and skating backwards too, and and back checking like a forward, and it 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 looks so normal for him. Like, I I think that we'll really see Miro play almost more of a forward position than a defenseman. Hmm.
1: That'd be interesting. I I definitely think it'll affect him in the fact that he'll get more points because it will allow him to be a little bit more flexible and go on the rush more often, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Last little paragraph I wanted to point out is uh, mostly about uh, the four line system that he's going to be putting in. Um, This is straight from the article. Uh, DeBoer's system is going to be demanding, which is why he also, he's also big on playing four lines. This next next sentence is very interesting to me. He doesn't believe in a designated checking line. Look instead looking instead for the most lines he can get playing his style effectively. It's part of his philosophy because the demands of his system are such that most players can't. And if playing as hard as DeBoer wants, shouldn't be able to sustain long shifts. The style of hockey can work when executed, but can also expose weak links quickly. That's why DeBoer will need every player to buy in. And I, I that second sentence is very, very interesting to me because we have had a designated one or two (laughs) checking lines in the past with the last two coaches. So uh, how do you think that's going to affect the players that are currently here? Do you think DeBoer is going to get them to buy in and they're going to be able to effectively get all four lines rolling? Or do you think that maybe it'll take some time to get those players to get going?
2: If he truly isn't looking for a checking line at all, I feel like that that gives an even greater chance for some of these prospects to get into the lineup. If he's looking for all four lines to come out here and score and and like try to score on every shift, then you you can look at like like Foxa and Glendenning, and you can say like they they're not safe either. Like the prospects can take their spots because they have that greater offensive potential.
0: Agreed. I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be a huge issue people buying in. I think that's also if you look at some of the social media stuff that we're seeing from the stars, there's a lot of players in Dallas already, which is mm-hmm. kind of weird Be having that many star players in already before training camp starts, that's not normal. So I think everyone knows what's going on. They're getting into it and they're giving more time to buy into what's going on this season. So I think DeBoer is really taking this by the horns. And I think it's going to do a great job and have the team ready by the first game. I don't think it's going to be a problem.
1: Will he have the balls to break up that first line? If that first line doesn't play the style that he wants them to play.
0: I hope not because that would be a stupid idea.
1: Cause I think, I think he has the guts to do it. I, oh, if he, he doesn't think they're he playing would. the right style.
0: He absolutely but, would, but that'd be the dumbest thing in the world to break up I, the second I, best line in the league from last year. No. And stupid. I agree
1: with you. Yep. I agree with you, but. And they play I, the I, exact
0: I, I, way that he wants them to. I they, mean, you talk about Hintz and Robertson being some of our best two way forwards. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And, and they will definitely start off that way at the beginning of the season. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that. They'll at least start together for a good portion of the season. They'll play the uh, whole season it,
0: together. I'll, yeah, i hope I'll put they do. life
1: on it. I hope they do. So anyways, before we get into our Who Cares segment and y'all and we're so prepared for this that we're ready to be prepared for it. So y'all get your ideas ready about what, what your top three are going to be and what we're gonna talk about. Chris, I'm gonna throw it on you. But before we get to that uh we got we do need to mention a couple of Dallas Stars news that that we meant uh, forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast uh but congratulations first off to Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop is now the coordinator of player development for the Dallas Stars so he's stepping into a new role and he's staying with uh, the organization. Very good to see that. Um it's he's, very nice.
0: He's also a goaltender for uh, uh what team is his contract at?
1: Buffalo Sabres.
0: Buffalo, he's also a goaltender <laughs> for the Buffalo Sabres. So, man, this guy's just so
1: busy. For one more year. Busy, busy guy. Yeah. I don't know how he's gonna do that, man. He's How's he all do that it, man. the practice schedule, he's gonna have to go out and like talk to the stars players and how Please. awkward would that be if he has to play against some stars uh, development players. <laughs> but anyways, really good for him to see that he's he's moving on. He seems to be happy. So we'll see how that goes, and I hope we see him on Bally Sports Southwest more often next. That'd be cool next I season. Like- That'd be cool to see him again there. Um, and then also we got to also mention the fact that uh, the signing that we were hoping to happen has not happened yet, and we're not going to talk about it because we said we were sick of talking about it. But Jim Nill signed a one-year extension with the Dallas Stars that puts him through the uh, the next season after this season. Um, it looks like that he's ready to hand the reins off to somebody else after that season. That's what kind of signifies to me, because if he wanted to be here longer and still be the general manager, he would have had numerous other years, two or three years extra maybe. So I think we're going to be seeing a new general manager here very soon, you guys. And I don't know who that would be. I think it's going to be be someone
0: inside the organization.
1: I would definitely hope so and think so, because that would just make some sense that, uh, you know, you know, Jim Nell's kind of grooming his his replacement, his... Uh, bad connotation. His predecessor? Very bad. Predecessor? No. What, who's the person after?
0: I can't think of anything other than the word I that you think just used. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyways. Okay. All right. So, anyways. Uh, let's get into our Who Cares segment for the evening. Christian, can you please tell our lovely audience what we talked about, you yeah. know,
0: the hours Two months there. ago. Two months ago, the Who, the Who Cares segment is going to be over-the-counter medication. What is your... We were doing top three over-the-counter medication. <laughs> that's that's oh. so good. <laughs> All right. Oh, my so goodness. Oh. So, the rules for this, obviously... We were they, so ready it, for this, by the they way. You can't require a prescription. It has to be something you can just grab from the aisle at CVS or Walgreens. All right. So... That's gonna be your ibuprofen's, your Benadryls. Well, your well don't flonazes. name all the stuff because don't, don't, don't name them all name them all. Not name it all. I'm Chris. just giving you some. And, and we'll, <laughs> we'll I'll open the door to supplements as well. We'll open the door to like vitamins and such. All right, James. <laughs> James, number three over the counter medication. Go ahead. <laughs> this is gonna
1: be so weird.
2: <laughs> okay, my number three is going to be hydrocortisone. It's nice. <laughs> very good for anti itch. Uh There's lots of chiggers out here where we live out in the country. Oh, that Give should be your very number easy. one,
1: James. No, that's that not my absolutely absolutely be be well. one. It, it doesn't work very well. It doesn't. It doesn't work
2: great, one. but it it's pretty cheap and it works at least a little bit. So, yeah. number three, hydrocortisone.
0: For for wait for the over the seas people, little chiggers are little teeny tiny bugs that live in the tall Texas field grass. So like when you walk you, like, through ant it, you—it's like you have like hundreds of ant bites on you. It's worse, it's not way fun. worse. No, it, it, it doesn't hurt as much as ant bites, but they're way itchier than the, ant bites.
2: The itch after the ant bites you is the same.
0: Yes, I'll agree with it. But the bite right.
2: itself is not worse. Agreed.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Number
1: three, over-the-counter medication. Go ahead. Um, I guess my number three. Uh, has to be Claritin, because I think it actually works really well. Claritin actually works really well for me, especially when I need it. So okay. I'll go with number three is Claritin. Christian, number three.
0: Claritin does not work. It's terrible. Claritin
1: it works for work. me really well. So
0: All right, number three, I'm going with the basic. We're going Benadryl. Benadryl is great. Not because it is an antihistamine and it makes you, opens your nose up. It's because it just knocks you out. So if you ever just have a cold and you can't sleep, just take Benadryl and you'll feel better because you'll be asleep. And your nose, you can't tell if your nose is running when you're asleep. Thank you, Benadryl. All right, James, number two.
2: All right, my number two is going to be uh, Dayquil. Dayquil? Because of, because of recent events, uh, getting, getting COVID and having a sore throat and a runny nose, I, I did not want to even be awake at all. But you kind of have to be awake at least for some amount of time, right? It's just hard to sleep through a full day, right? So, Chris, you just take Benadryl, right? But the the Dayquil will run, will dry out your nose. It'll it gets a little bit of you know some pain relief in your throat, you know just just at least makes it bearable. And I will take that when we're talking about COVID.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to try the Dayquil. I did not, I'll admit, I have not used the DayQuil, but you've. does it have caffeine in it? I have Is no that clue. is that the day part? But it doesn't, it doesn't I don't put to so. sleep,
2: though.
0: It, it just, I don't think not, so. It just has it,
2: no sleepy. Yeah, it has no sleep. Word.
0: All right. Ryan, number two, over-the-counter it's medication.
1: It's funny that you actually said that, James, because DayQuil, I actually have some in my desk drawer at, at the office, at the band hall. Wow, so. you have a common medication quite in enough? your drawer? Well, I don't normally keep. I normally do normally keep. What do you mid- have
2: in your drawers, Ryan?
1: Shut up, Christian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could there I be pencils so and pens in there too?
1: Oh goodness! <laughs> quite okay. possibly. Number two for me, and it's because I use it quite often. Because you know, as having a job that is as crazy as mine is, and having to hear terrible sounds from sixth graders and seventh graders and eighth graders, and continue on and continue on. Excedrin. I have a lot of headaches sometimes, <laughs> and wow. it gets really bad, especially with sixth graders. I have to take the strong stuff. We're going just straight to make past sick. the Advil to the Excedrin. <laughs> That's crazy. I and I, I. It's funny that I have Dayquil, but it's even more funnier that I have Excedrin. And it's not like the little, you know, the yeah. the regular strength Excedrin's pills. Like it's like the pills. ultra. <laughs> they're they're huge. They're giant. As far and as like, and
0: of medication goes.
1: They're, yes they're and large. but it works wonders and i absolutely love it I that does have caffeine
0: it. in it i know excedrin does
1: mm-hmm. yep all right maybe that's why i like it my so
0: number two is a recent discovery for me so where benadryl will would be a is what we would call a habit forming sleep aid there is one that is quite questionable that is not habit forming that's gonna be melatonin in the gummy mm-hmm. format melatonin gummies they are great. The, the, the in studies, gummy format. In gummy format, yes. They have strawberry. They're very yummy. It tastes like candy. So there, there's conflicting studies on whether or not melatonin actually helps you sleep. Um, or if it's just a placebo. Or if it's just a placebo, yeah. But, but they're, they're mixed right now. There are no conclusive studies. Um, but it works for me. So if it's a placebo, cool. It's a good placebo and it tastes like candy. So that works for me. Um,
1: so yeah, melatonin. So it's a medicine that actually isn't a medicine, it's just a placebo.
0: I that's why I included supplements. It's not really medicine either, it's a supplement because melatonin, <laughs> your body produces melatonin. So melatonin, that's I've, true. Done, I've just done a lot of research on this because I had to know if it was real or not, and I still don't know.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> Even after all the research, your body produces melatonin
0: when it gets dark, so like that's the that's like a trigger chemical that tells your brain, okay, it's nighttime. We might want to sleep. I think my body lacks
1: that. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> no,
0: with light everywhere, it doesn't really get as dark. Like Even in the old time when they had lamps and stuff, it was still way darker. That's why. Boom. Get back to caveman days. James, number one
2: over-the-counter medication. Okay, my number one over-the-counter medication is Benadryl. There are multiple reasons for this. Like Chris said, it puts you to sleep. And for me, I try not to use it a lot so that when I do take it, it's really effective. And in like 30 minutes, boom, I'm asleep, right? But also... Throughout my childhood, I have been stung by many wasps and bees uh, and stuff in the face. Uh... <laughs> so so Benadryl <laughs> helps a lot with the swelling and it does put you to sleep. So after, so it helps a little bit with the swelling, but also your sleep, so... I've had multiple occasions where I've been stung in the yeah. face by wasps and other Jam- flying objects.
0: <laughs> James is known for that <laughs> of, of getting stung multiple times by various creatures, not just wasps. We have wasps, we had blue
2: jackets, we've had weird ants, Do you have you had a, that weird you, James? Ants me. Yeah, no, I that actually haven't been stung by a scorpion yet. So,
1: oh, I thought you had.
2: No, wow. I no, I yeah. think well, or
1: was that you, Chris? Okay, that was I've you. Chris has
2: finger. But yeah, so I I use, I like Benadryl mostly because it helps with swelling.
0: All right, Ryan, number one, favorite over-the-counter medication. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) And uh, I don't know if y'all will know this actually about me, but when I go to sleep, I have to be able to breathe through my nose. I don't know why, it's just a thing. I have to be able to breathe through my nose. So especially when I have a stuffy nose, I have to have oxymetazoline, which is the AKA the active ingredient in nasal spray. Has I have to have it before I go to sleep when my nose is stuffy. I got to be able to breathe through my nose. I use it every single time my nose is stuffy. Thankfully, I haven't had to use it recently, but uh, there have been portions where I go for months where I have to use it every single night, you know, for two or three weeks on end. And that's how I'm able to fall asleep is because I I use that stuff. It, you know, gives me temporary relief. I'm able to fall asleep and at least get some decent sleep. So my number one is oxymetazoline.
0: Nice. All right, Chris, number one. This is, I'm shocked it's not on y'all's list, honestly. I'm kind of offended. Oh, boy. Number one over-the-counter medication is most obviously ibuprofen. (laughs) <laughs> or Advil, as the populace knows it, it is wonderful. It kills pain everywhere. I don't know how it knows where the pain is. It always does. Toothache, ibuprofen. Headache, ibuprofen. Uh, muscle soreness, ibuprofen. Every single thing, ibuprofen. If crying i crying did... about stars' losses, ibuprofen. ibuprofen. I'll take ibuprofen. That's fine. My <laughs> head hurts after watching stars' <laughs> games sometimes. I take ibuprofen. Yeah, that's true. That's what I do. I've got a massive bottle in there. the The recent development is ibuprofen liquid gels those are fantastic your those basic ibuprofen really take 30 minutes liquid gels 10 minutes boom in mm-hmm. your system it's attacking i did not the paint. know about this the liquid gels are amazing you guys sounds do like you a got... game changer <laughs> game changer but they are a little bit more expensive they're, they're quite a, i think they're like 50 percent more expensive which is like
1: but oh, they're but, they're, totally worth it. but and, again they're like they they take a third of the time and like it actually works really cool. really well the ones I got are blue. Yeah, it's awesome. They're blue. That's crazy. You can
0: you can shake them and you can see the little liquid moving around inside of them. How cool is that? That's awesome,
1: the The, the one thing about me with like the liquid gels is that they're huge. They're absolutely they're enormous. They they're they bigger. can be. They they're can not be enormous, though. Except okay, well, it's like twice the size me, of an ibuprofen liquid gel. Okay, I I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But like. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've taken Excedrin for like almost a decade and a half now, but like, yeah, and so maybe I've gotten used to them uh, being uh, you know giant pills. But normally I can't. I can't deal with giant pills like that. But with Excedrin, I can. With other pills, uh, for some reason, I can't. It's weird.
0: All right. Good. Who cares? Segment. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was the best who cares segment we've ever done. All right. Next week's who cares segment is gonna be. Top three who care segments. Oh
2: my!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember all of them. I, I, no, I don't That I would don't take know. way
0: too much research. All oh, right. Oh goodness.
1: Well, the ones I, the only ones I remember it are Marvel movies, corn chips, and Mountain Dew flavors. Oh, the corn so chip there you corn chip go. Was good. A good one. That was a good, was a good one. The, the corn chip I didn't even care about, but it was also one of the funniest. So I'll, I'll so, give you all that. So. All right.
0: All right. Thanks, well, DraftKings. Thanks, Raycon. Where's sarcastic remarks? He's Ryan. He's James. I'm Chris. Boom. That's it. We're gone. Flip side. All that.
1: Well, well hold on. We we got to say that James will not be back with us next week because he's going to uh, be traveling. So oh, it, loser. you'll just have to deal with me and Chris. uh I'm sorry. Next week. I apologize so. in advance for all the viewers. You,
2: you're going to miss us talking about <laughs> How the big it, news. That's gonna be. The, bi- the big news that's happening next week with
0: with hockey. Which is what, Christian? Yes yeah, joke. Sorry,
1: <laughs> well, no. <laughs> here's what's gonna happen now. Now that we've said that now James, James is not gonna be on gonna the episode, sign. Oh, yes, Robertson is gonna sign. Hey, I'll, He's gonna I'll take sign. the hit. I'll take the Good. hit for that. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh thank y'all for listening once again. We appreciate all the support that you guys are giving us. Uh of course, I, I would be, you know, amongst myself if I didn't. Thank uh, Draftkings for being our sponsor for a long time. and also our new sponsor Raycon. Uh, use that promo code THBN for both of those companies for special little offers from them. Go and check out starcasticmarkshop.com for all of your merch options. Please leave us a five star review anywhere you listen to your podcast and click like, subscribe, hit that notification bell on YouTube. Chris, am I forgetting anything else?
0: uh yeah, I'm great. uh Beat my end.
1: <laughs> Along with Chris and James My name is Ryan We'll catch you guys on the flip side And we hope you guys have a good fantastic Evening, morning, whenever you're listening Have a great day